A first grade teacher collected well-known proverbs such as better to be safe than, uh, you can't teach an old dog, uh, you, got to, you, know, you can lead a horse to water, but... Well, she gave these proverbs to her first graders, and this is what some of them wrote. Better to be safe than punch a fifth grader. <laughs> Strike while the bug is close. It's always darkest before daylight savings time, which, by the way, is coming up in two weeks. So beware. Make sure you get that extra hour of sleep. Never underestimate the power of... Termites, say the woman, that's right. <laughs> you can lead a horse to water, but how? <laughs> Don't bite the hand that looks dirty. A miss is as good as a mister. <laughs> you can't teach an old dog math. And the, and the last one is, if you lie down with dogs, you will stink in the morning. <laughs> we are in a uh, second part of a sermon I started last week <clears throat> called The Redeemer. We'll rehearse it just a little bit. You should have the notes. If you brought the notes with you from last week, good. If you didn't, that's okay. We'll catch up a little bit. Some of you weren't here last week, and so we'll, we'll, get, you, we'll get you caught up for sure. Uh, it stems from <clears throat> two of the scriptures that uh, I shared with you last week uh, with the title of the sermon last week, The Redeemer, which will be the same as this week. Psalm 103, verses 2 through 5, was one of our scriptures. It says, Praise the Lord, O my soul. And the old King James says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. What has God done for you? He's done a lot for you, has he not? We have a tendency to forget what he's done for us. And it's easy to bypass the blessings that he's poured out on us and get a pouty face and think about all the trouble you're going through. He forgives all my sins. Right there, it's cause for rejoicing. And he heals all my diseases. And we have to take that in context, because even if a disease does take our life, which can happen, we will be healed, right? We, when we pass through this veil called earth into the next realm, which is eternity, we will have a perfect and complete body. No disease, no, uh, no sore muscles, <laughs> the joints that creak at night and at day. He redeems my life from the pit. None of us, thank goodness, will ever have to go to hell, even though some people have told us to do so. We will be absent from that, and we will be forever in glory. And he crowns me with love and compassion. Every day God crowns us with his love and his compassion. If we stop and allow him to love us. That's the key. We get scurried about and caught up in our, our, our busy schedules and miss oftentimes the fact that he wants to pour out his blessings. 
And then he satisfies my desires with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. I, I pondered that verse, and I thought, what is, he satisfies my desires. Well, you know, I like to eat, and, you know, I like to, uh, you know, exercise, like to do things. I feel good when I finish uh, the workout at the, at the gym. And, but no, this is not what it's talking about. It's talking about fulfilling the, the needs that we have in our heart, the need to be loved, the need to be accepted, the need to have a purpose in life. Uh, the, the need to feel good about yourself. God fulfills those desires, and he blesses us with that so that we're refreshed, we're strengthened. And it says, or my youth is renewed like the eagles. No matter what age you are, you can be renewed like an eagle. You can be strengthened and, and blessed because God pours out his blessings on you and loves you. And then the other verse we looked at was 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 17 through 19. The apostle Peter writes in the latter part of his life, and tradition has it that he was crucified upside down while visiting in Rome. I don't know if any of you knew that or not, but there are each of the apostles has a tradition on how they ended their life. All of them, except the apostle John, who wrote the book of Revelation, and the Gospel of John, and the letters of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, all of those apostles were martyred, were killed for their faith. John was the only one that escaped uh, a, 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 a terrible death. Although they tried to kill him, plopping him in a boiling cauldron of oil, he, they couldn't put the guy down. God spared his life. So he was exiled on an island in the Aegean Sea off the coast of Turkey, between Turkey and Greece, and there he wrote the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation. Peter writes in 1 Peter, the Apostle Peter, Since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, that's nice to know that you will stand before him one day, and that your, your work will be judged, and you won't be compared with anybody else. God will look at you and give you the rewards that you need to. Remember now, folks, some people have heard the, the thing that when we die, we go to heaven, God's going to show all of our sins on the screen. No, that's, that's not God. God's not going to do that. God's not going to embarrass us before all of heaven. What God is going to do is that when we pass through the fire uh, of judgment into Christ, uh, first, uh, second Peter, uh, second Corinthians chapter 5 talks about the seat of judgment. When we pass through that, the only thing awaiting us is rewards. We will get rewards for what we've done as we've become a Christian. So no fear about that. Anyway, he will judge every man's work impartially. Live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. In other words, you're strangers on the earth. You're not part of the world system. Don't even try to become like the world. Because if people know that you're a Christian and you're trying to act like, like you're not a Christian, or you're part of the world, it's a, it doesn't work. It's a stench. For do you know, Peter continues, that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors. In other words, you weren't redeemed, bought out of sin by silver and gold, were you? No way. There's not enough silver and gold to, to buy your soul. Each, every soul is, is priceless. There, there cannot be a, 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 a price put on our souls. 
You are redeemed from your empty way of life. Thank goodness for that. Oh, I can remember bits and pieces of the empty way of life before I came to Christ. I'm, I'm glad that's done. <clears throat> and it was handed down to you from your forefathers. Some of you came out of, out of families that did not serve the Lord, and it was a mess, and then you got yourself into a mess. Okay, all of that is under the blood of Jesus. All that's gone. It's, it's, it's past history. But you are redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus. By the way, it says your forefathers, your ancestors that came before you can no more determine whether you're going to serve Christ or not than, uh, than you can jump over the moon with a mule. No way, Jose. I just thought of that. Uh, just thought of that. Uh, it wasn't a very good example, but anyway, a metaphor. You can't, your ancestors can't determine. You have to make the choice. Just because a person grows up in a godly home, the father's a pastor, the mother's an evangelist, whatever, doesn't mean that they're going to serve the Lord. It means that you have to make your own choice. And that God has redeemed all of us from the empty way of life. Uh, but it was not with silver or gold that was done, but it was with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, a lamb without blemish or without spot. Christ had to come and redeem you from your empty way of life. And let me just throw this in. Some of you came out of religion. Right now there's a big scandal involving religion. Most of you know what I'm talking about. Let's just say this, that religion is man's attempt to try to please God on his own efforts. Does it work? No. Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a relationship. It's a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. And all you have to do is one thing, which is what? Believe. Open your heart up by faith to Jesus Christ, and he will bless you. Now, last week we talked about redeemed, and we, we gave you a story. Do you remember what that was? A, a, a little illustration of redemption. The redemption is illustrated by a father who loves his son so much that he made him a nice little boat, a little, little tiny model sailboat. And it was a gift from the father to, the, to his little son whom he had adored. And the son took the little boat out on the water and he, uh, on a nearby little, little lake. And he would play with that boat for hours. And one day he took the boat out on the lake and the wind blew it, took it away from him across the lake to the other side. And on the other side were some uh, families there. And uh, one little boy saw the boat coming, grabbed it, snatched it, ran away with it. And the, the little boy whose boat that was was heartbroken grew up without his boat, and one day walking by a pawn shop, he saw his boat in the pawn shop window. Went in, talked to the owner, he said, that's, that's my boat. The owner said, well, it might be that, but you still have to buy it. And so he found out what the price was, then diligently went and earned money and, and uh, did all he could to, uh, to earn the money, and he got the money, and he went in and purchased the boat back which was his originally. That's what redemption is. We were fashioned by the hand of God in our mother's womb. We're his. He breathed into us the breath of life. We're his. We're his property. 
But when we began to sin, we, we walked away from God. We started to do our own thing, and we're like the sailboat. When the wind takes it away, we went on our own direction, all of us. And Christ had to come and had to purchase us back. But not with silver or gold, but with blood. But with his blood. So, then we, as you know, in the story... The Father is God the Father. The little boy, the Son, is Christ. The sailboat is, guess who? Moi. And you. It's us. He loved us so much that he had to buy us back. And guess who the, other bo the boy on the other side of the lake was? You got it. So, in your notes, we looked at uh, a few things. And uh, last week we covered the first two points. Let's, do, let's look at it now. The Redeemer. What is the meaning of the Redeemer? And it is one who, um, one who uh, removes someone from the curse of sin. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. The law was set up in the Old Testament. And the law requirements are this. Not just the Ten Commandments, but others. And the law says... In order to keep yourself away from the curse of God, which would be punishment for disobedience, you have to fulfill 100% of the law. If you miss one point, sorry, Charlie, you're under the curse. All of us can never accomplish, can never fulfill 100% of the law. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, every one of us, and probably every day. We fall short of the glory of God with our thoughts, with our words, and with our actions. We fall short of God's glory. And so we're under the curse. So the Redeemer comes to deliver us from that curse, from the punishment of disobedience. God doesn't spank us. But he certainly um, tells us those who are outside of his grace and who are under the curse because they're disobeying the law and they are under the curse because they have not received Christ into their heart. They're going through all kinds of stuff. And then, of course, the Redeemer is one who restores someone back to normal, healthy life. Oh, my goodness. I started out okay as a kid. And then I got sassy. And then I started to say my, do my own thing, say no. I started to get into all kinds of trouble as I got older. And God had to come at the age of 27 and redeem me, restore me back to what I was in the book of Joel. And our worship leader did not write the book. But in the book of Joel, it talks about the years that the locust has eaten. And these are the years that people spend in profligacy, in sin, in all kinds of riotous living, which is not good. And so God uh, restores us back to where we were. Can you imagine if none of us ever sinned, what kind of a life we would be in right now, where we would be? That would, it would be amazing. But no, a lot of us took shortcuts. A lot of us did things that were rebellious. And so we took side trips that were not good. And God had to restore us through the Redeemer. And I told you last week the illustration of our president who recently 
uh, restored this African-American lady back to, uh, full, to full pardon from her uh, drug uh, and uh, illegal drug sales and distribution and usage. Uh, she was in prison for over 20 years. So that, that's kind of a small taste of it, but that's, that's what it's like. Number two, the agent of, of the Redeemer. Who is the agent? Who is the Redeemer? It's Christ. No one can redeem us from the curse of the law. No one can redeem a human soul except for Jesus Christ. I can't do it for you. You can't do it for me. I can't go up to my wife and I, I say, uh, Betty, you know, I, honey, I'd like to die in your place and be judged by God in order that you might be counted by God as a righteous person. I can imagine what her response would be. She was saying, no problem. Just make sure that your current premiums are caught up with your life insurance. No money can redeem us except for Jesus Christ. No psychiatrist, no professor, uh, nobody, no doctor, no lawyer can heal us except for Jesus Christ. There were some scriptures that described him, and Job talks about that he is alive and he will come back and stand on the earth. Our Redeemer is alive, and he will come back once more to this earth, as I preached about last fall in the book of Revelation. So our Redeemer lives. <clears throat> Thank you, sir. Bless your heart. All right. These guys are good, aren't they, huh? Praise the Lord. All right. Thank you. Now, also, in Proverbs, it talks about, in Matthew chapter 28, it says that he is mighty, he's powerful. Captain Marvel is no match for Jesus Christ. I remember uh, a, a man who used to work with nursery school kids, and he said to us one day, he said, you know, Barry, he said, I, I deal with kids who watch TV a lot, and uh, I, I forget one of the superhero characters, but he said, uh, uh, Mr. Captain Universe or something can beat up Jesus. Well, you know what? No, he can't. Jesus is almighty. He is powerful. He has all authority and power. Even the demons have to submit themselves to him everywhere that Jesus went on the earth. And he, was, he went to demon-possessed people, and the demons inside, some of them would say, uh, you know, please spare us or, or, you know, throw us into these pigs over here, but please don't, don't, don't destroy us. Jesus has all authority and power. He's the only one that can restore us. And on Isaiah chapter 43 and 1 Peter chapter 1, our Redeemer is perfect. He has absolute holiness and sinlessness. Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the Lamb without blemish or defect or spot. He is completely sinless. No word, no thought, no action or deed was outside the will of His Father. Completely, completely holy. And then in Isaiah 44 and 47, He is the Almighty God, the Creator of heaven and earth. Hallelujah. How can you mess with the Creator? The Creator, the one who made you, He's the one who can redeem you. He has the authority and the power. And I mentioned to you last week about, can you, do you go to a dentist to get your heating and air conditioning fixed? Do you go to a lawyer to do open-heart surgery? No. When you want your soul redeemed, you go to the one who can redeem your soul. That's Jesus Christ. 
and that's who we preach here, and that's who we pray that people in this community and beyond would come to Christ and would be changed. He alone is qualified to redeem you. Hallelujah. Number three, the recipient. The recipient, that's us. Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. It says, with your blood you purchase men from every tribe. Christ's redemption is for all people in every nation. Nobody is outside of his ability to redeem every nation on the earth. By the way, <clears throat> the gospel is just about preached and the Bible is just about printed in almost every language on the face of the earth. And if you remember in the New Testament, what did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 24? He said, this gospel shall be preached in all the earth. And then what? And then the end shall come. Folks, we're right on the doorstep. I get notifications from Voice of Martyrs, from our own district, Assemblies of God district here in in Northern California, Nevada, that missionaries are spread all over the world. The gospel is being, even the heathen, even those uh, Bushmen and, uh, and Amazonian tribes are having the, the gospel being written out so that they can understand it. It is being promulgated all over the world. The end is coming. He's for all people. And the invitation, Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, All have sinned and fallen short. It's for everybody. John chapter 6, Christ will never reject anybody, anyone who comes to him. So when you pray, listen to me, when you pray for your loved ones, remember that God loves them more than you do, and he is working in their lives to bring them to himself. John three sixteen. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever would believe in him. And then Isaiah chapter 59 and 1 Peter chapter 5 talks about the requirements. There's only one really requirement to be redeemed, and that is a contrite and a humble heart. God resists the humble. I have found out over my years of walking with the Lord it's been over 42, almost 43 years now. I have found that when I try to figure things out and when I believe that I have the wisdom and the ability to walk this earth without any outside help, that's when I get into trouble. Now, when I humble myself before God and say, Lord, I can't figure this out. I, I need your help. Lord, I, I need your blessing. I need your strength to carry me, me through this. When I humble myself, God is there to help me. He's there to bless me. And contrition is simply remorse. You're sorry for what you did. Folks, uh, let me just say this. Keep a short account with God. Don't blow it. And you know you blow it because the Holy Spirit is tapping you on your, in your head and going, look, yeah, I should have done that, Barry. That was not good is to make it right, make it right, if it's within your power, and it usually should be. I remember when I was teaching high school, I had all kinds of kids on the spectrum, those who, were, who didn't know beans about mathematics or science, and realized that and sought help, and those who were arrogant and proud. Guess which ones I gravitated towards? <laughs> These guys over here, because they, they wanted to learn. They were teachable. 
And that's what we need to be. Number four, the benefits. Lots of benefits. It's free. Redemption is free. doesn't cost us anything. It costs Jesus everything. By the way, the only one in heaven who will have permanent marks on his body will be Jesus. I, I, I'm blown away by that. And how do I know that? Well, after he resurrected, the Bible says, he was on the earth for 40 days. And he, you know, touched bases with a lot of people. Some of them were his disciples. And one day he just kind of appeared into their midst, walked right through the walls. And when Thomas, his disciple, was there, and he, Thomas gets a bad rap. They call him Doubting Thomas, but he actually... Uh, went the furthest of any of the disciples and went into India and there he was martyred for the gospel but the seeds were planted and there became a, a great revival but Dom, Thomas said unless I see the marks on his hands uh, I, don't, I won't believe Jesus entered in showed Thomas the marks on his hands and Thomas said my Lord and my God so this was Jesus' resurrected body his glorified body and I believe that that will carry through throughout eternity. And we receive it by grace, by faith. I mean, appropriated by faith. It is by faith that you uh, are, are, have been saved. And we receive the redemption by God by simple faith as a child. Lord, thank you for redeeming me. Thank you for setting me on a rock. In the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, the man who built his house on, a, on the sand, what happened to it? Yeah, the storms came. He didn't say if the storms came. He said when the storms came, it will sweep away the house and it will be a mess. But the man who built his house upon a rock, when the, when the storms come, that rock, that house will stand. So by faith. And then... Psalm 130 says that all of our sins are forgiven. All of our sins, past, present, and future, we're cleansed. We don't have to work to receive God's favor. We don't, you know, if, if I, I, we, we're, we're given rewards after we come to Christ and for, for the acts that we do in our body, for the, for the things that we do, volunteer work, where there's tons of things to do uh, around us. No, no lack of things to reach out. And as a Christian, we should be involved with stuff. If we have the time and the energy, and if we have the, the direction from the Lord, God will give it to us. And all of these things are part of the rewards. And, and we, are not, um, we are not judged anymore because of our sins but it's only rewards, as I mentioned earlier. Titus chapter 2, verse 14. We're taken out of the kingdom of darkness and placed into the kingdom of light. Hallelujah. We don't have to deal with darkness anymore. We don't have to deal with the, the, the negative side of life. We don't have to deal with the fact that we're, we're blinded to the truth. Christ has set us free. The scales of our spiritual eyes have come off, and now we're in the kingdom of light. We can see for the first time. Folks, I tell you, I don't know about you, I do watch the news, and it drives me nuts sometimes, yes, by the liberalism of our media and the slant that they have towards liberal 
uh, anti-God things. I, I, under, I understand that, but I still want to get the news to find out, you know, what's, what's happening. And because I'm a child of the light, I can immediately detect something that's not right. Something's fishy here. Somebody's got an attitude that's not good. And so it's, it's nice to have the fact that you're wise, that you're in the kingdom of light. And then, of course, Hebrews chapter 9 Verse 12 says that redemption lasts forever, forever. I remember not long ago, I got uh, my ARP card. That was started, by the way, 40 or 50 years ago. I don't know if you know the story about ARP, but it's a teacher who had spent years in the classroom, didn't have any kind of a retirement, and was living in a chicken coop. And uh, somebody discovered that and went on a um, mission to start to, to set up things for people who pass or in the senior age. And the ARP movement started from that particular situation. And I remember when I got the ARP card, and I'm thinking to myself, man, there's some, there's some perks, you know, being I'll carry my ARP card everywhere I go. Over here to Denny's, I get a nice discount when I go eat meals, you know, my ARP card. I, I get discounts just about everywhere I go. Those are the perks for joining the ARP. Well, I can tell you, that ain't nothing compared to the perks, the benefits of being redeemed by Jesus Christ. Our, 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 our perks are forever. And then, of course, number five is the purpose for redeeming us. Why would God redeem us? Well, because he loves us, obviously. The obvious benefit is to avoid hell. But Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22 says, Let us draw near to God. God redeems us for the main purpose of this. Just like there's a relationship between this wonderful mother over here and her son, that relationship is a bond, it's close and your relationship that you have. God wants a relationship with us. So when he redeems us, we're able to open up and have a relationship with our creator, with the one who loves us the most, who knows us the most, and yet who loves us the most. We're having that relationship with him. That's the main purpose for redeeming us, to draw closer to him, the source of life and strength and courage. Oh, man, I don't know how I did it when I wasn't a Christian. I just, it was miserable. And then you have 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12. This is on the back of your page, by the way. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12, talks about to live such good lives among the pagans that they may see your good deeds and glorify God. You're glorifying the Lord when you are redeemed. Your life should be a candle in this work, this world of darkness. When I, when I go over to the gym and, and I work out, you know, I'm, uh, obviously I'm not near the strength that I was when I was a young man. So, uh, I, you know, I try to do what I can and, and look like I know what I'm doing. And I've made a lot of friends there. And uh, I have opportunities to witness for the Lord. It's wonderful. And so 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12 is to glorify God. Our lives should be a light. It should be a candle, uh, a, a candle set on a hill. And then John chapter 8, verse 36, of course, is to live in freedom. Too many people live in guilt and condemnation and regret. 
Sometimes regret reaches out from the past and grabs me around the throat. And it's a struggle for me because sometimes the enemy likes to, uh, to broadcast big mistakes that I've made in the past. But I've got to keep going. I've got to remember that the regret is something that God is freeing me of, the condemnation and the guilt. And I want to walk in freedom. And so when we are redeemed, we're able to experience freedom a whole lot easier than those who are not redeemed. We can walk in freedom. Hallelujah. And then on the back of the page, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12, is to do good works. We're redeemed to do good things. Instead of being nasty little, you know what, lighting a fire pumpkins on Halloween night or whatever you can think of doing, the mischief that goes in your minds. Uh, the, you know, good works to build people up, to encourage them, to be there for them. I remember years ago, I, I serving in a soup kitchen uh, in Sacramento. Um, and I remember the the joy in my heart when I, you know, was handing out the mashed potatoes and these guys were coming by. They're very thankful. And I put a big glop on each of their plate and say, you know, Jesus loves you. God bless you. And I couldn't wipe the smile off my face after I did that. It was so rewarding just to do something simple, a, a good work. And that's where the real joy is. People try to scratch joy out of vacations and this and that. I can guarantee you the real joy comes from serving other people to be a blessing to them. I volunteer in a local kindergarten class, and it's always a blessing for me to, to be there with these little ones. When I come in the door, they're looking at me like, hey, you know, a couple of years ago when I first started, one of the, I leaned next to one of the boys and I was talking to him, a little kid with a lot of bright ideas and spunky, and he looks up at me and says, what did you have for breakfast? <laughs> and so I, 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 keep, I keep there. I, you know, I, I went, went past that. I made sure I got some more mints when I would come in the next time. And last week when I walked into the classroom, one of the little boys looks at me and says, hey, can you come back tomorrow? And, uh, you know, something like that just melts your heart. And so that's, that's joy. <laughs> and the, the mint worked. That's right. Absolutely. So all of these are part of redemption. It's part of redemption. The meaning, the agent, the recipient, the benefits, the purpose. You're redeemed so that you can have a relationship with Almighty God and to do good works and to glorify him and to be free in your soul. I want you to take a look at this story as we close tonight. This is a good story of redemption. Steve Harbin meets some astonishing people on the road, like the men who just began serving year one in Leavenworth. I'm gonna take you down to my old neighborhood. For 31-year-old Jermaine Wilson of Leavenworth, Kansas, going back to his childhood is a bad trip. Yeah, I used to sell a lot of drugs out here. Right there in apartment four. He started using at age 11, yeah. was in juvenile detention by 15, and in the maximum security wing at Lansing Correctional by 21. And it was here that this convicted drug dealer came to the most important realization of his life. 
If I don't change, it's either going to be two things that's going to happen. I'm either going to spend the rest of my life in prison or dead in a casket. You could have never imagined the third option. No, not at all. <laughs> we want to welcome you to our city commission meeting. Jermaine is now the mayor of Leavenworth, Kansas. Uh, the actual mayor. Motion carried 5-0. It's a transformation he credits to God, education, and volunteer work. After prison, he became a community activist and got his felony record expunged, paving the way for a political run. A lot of politicians decide to run for office and then go to prison. I know. <laughs> You're doing it the other way around. What are the advantages? There's this quote that I always go by. You'll never know what you are until you've encountered what you are not. I experienced being someone that I wasn't created to be. And when I tried the opposite, I succeeded. You can be what you want to be. Yes, I Today, Jermaine couldn't be more opposite. The school district that once had him expelled now welcomes him back with open arms. I'm the community outreach coordinator. He also works for a nonprofit that helps ex-cons find and keep good jobs. That's good. And of course, he has his mayoring duties, all made possible, he says, by the gift of incarceration. That's why I'm here, because if that wouldn't have happened, I would have never had the time to think. I would have never had an opportunity, you know, to build a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. So you suggest prison? No, I don't suggest <laughs> prison. <laughs> but one thing I tell you, we all go through a time in our life where we hit rock bottom. When you're at rock bottom, there's only one other place to go. Up. And that's up. Meeting adjourned. Or in this case, way up. Steve Hartman on the road in Leavenworth, Kansas. Hey, if Jermaine Wilson can come out of prison to become a mayor, you guys can become senators and congressmen and women. You can do anything. That's right. President, why stop there in Congress? I'll vote for you, Lisa. You can do anything because you've been redeemed. God has taken you out of the kingdom of darkness, and he's placed your feet on solid ground in the kingdom of light. God is for you and not against you. You have all kinds of possibilities now with him walking by your side. Amen? Bow your heads with me, please. Hallelujah. Lord, we want to be thankful that we have been redeemed. Thankful that you have redeemed us, just like you redeemed Germain. He shared briefly that it was because of you he came to God in the rock-bottom place. Thank you for redeeming us. Lord, help us to make you our first love. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. Lord, we seek you. We seek you to be our first love over everything. Family, friends, you become our first love. Father, help us. And Lord, thank you for setting us free. Setting us free from guilt and condemnation. As we bow our heads, I pray that you would help us to picture the shackles of the past, breaking guilt and condemnation and regret, breaking right now, those things breaking, and we're being set free right now to worship you in spirit and in truth. And Lord, help us to glorify you wherever we go, with good works, with love, Lord, because you have redeemed us. 
Now, Jesus, I pray for your blessings on each person. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would touch us. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. And may he make his face shine upon you. And may he be gracious unto you. May he turn his face towards you and give you peace. In the name of Jesus, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Let's give him praise today for redeeming us. Amen. Thank you, Lord.